Hi there, pod friends. Welcome again. And we're in the midst of our series entitled 66 Books, 66 short podcasts that look at the 66 books of our Bible. And today you've reached the book of Ephesians, the book of the calling of the believer. letter to the Ephesians soars from the depths of ruin to the height of redemption. Considered by many, this contains some of the profoundest of Paul's thinking. It is at the very least some of Paul's most thoroughly thought through writing. Twice the author of this epistle identifies himself as the Apostle Paul, in the opening verse of chapter 1 verse 1 and also at the beginning of chapter 3. Tradition and church history both agree that the Apostle Paul wrote this book we call Ephesians. Paul was in prison when he wrote Ephesians. Chapter 4 verse 1 confirms that for us. In fact, four of Paul's epistles refer to his imprisonment. Ephesians here, but also Philippians, Colossians and Philemon. Thus these four epistles are sometimes referred to as the prison epistles. The prevailing view is that all four were written from Rome during Paul's two-year imprisonment as recorded in Acts 28 verses 30 and 31. The support for this view is really quite compelling. Paul says the gospel had spread to the whole Praetorian Guard in Philippians 1.13 and to the saints in Caesar's household. And for this reason the early church mainly believed that it was written to Ephesus during his time in prison in Rome. At the time Paul wrote this letter, a particular kind of false teaching had caused trouble among the churches in and around Ephesus particularly. Paul's messenger apparently took a number of copies of this same letter and distributed it around all the churches in the region of Ephesus. Someone may have in fact written the name of the receiving church into the introduction of each copy as it was handed out to the local church. If this was the case, it would explain why some ancient manuscripts include the word Ephesus in the title in the opening greetings, but others omit it. Thinking about the message of the book, well, we know Ephesus was the chief city of the Roman province of Asia, and Paul knew that if Christianity was established in Ephesus, it would likely spread throughout the province. Ephesus was also a centre for some of the pagan religions of that region. We know that from Acts 19. This meant that the Christian converts came from a society where superstition and false religious ideas were really widespread. And Paul knew that sooner or later the church in Ephesus would soon be challenged by such false ideas. He also knew that a society with false religious belief usually led to low moral standards, and his letter to the Ephesians deals with the sort of problems that arise when a church is planted in a society such as that. The subject of Ephesians is primarily the believer's call to faith. The message is that since believers have been called to be in Christ in the church, they should then live a life in unity and righteousness, love, wisdom and submission, and stand against all the forces that would move them away from that way of living. Ephesians is written in the format and the structure of an ancient letter. 
Paul begins with a thanksgiving and a prayer, and in the midst of the prayer he then begins to develop other themes. Then he continues his prayer again before wandering off the subject to finally come back and pray a second time. Beyond the introduction of the epistle, it is divided into two further parts, sometimes in translations titled Doctrine and Duty, or Wealth and Walk, or Calling and Conduct. So the purpose of this letter, well, the false teaching I mentioned earlier, was spreading around the region and creating much of what was an early form of Gnosticism, a religious philosophy that regarded Jesus Christ as neither fully human nor fully God, but some sort of semi-angelic being. This teaching asserted that although Jesus Christ was superior to normal men and women, both he and they needed to seek help from unseen angelic powers if they were going to be able to reach a state of perfection. In this letter to Ephesians, Paul refutes that strongly. He repeats his assurances that Christ is supreme over the universe, and that includes all the angelic powers, both good and bad, and that by his death and resurrection he has in fact triumphed over all spiritual forces of the universe, particularly, of course, evil, malevolent spiritual forces. And because of this, Christians can have a complete victory in their battle against evil. The major purpose of Ephesians is to enlighten believers concerning their calling so that they can live a life worthy of it. Paul, by showing how the Trinity was vital in believers' understanding of salvation, he is able to illustrate that believers are chosen by the Father, redeemed by the Son, and then sealed by the Holy Spirit. And Paul, in this letter, prays that everyone should be enlightened to those truths so that they would now know truly the hope of their calling. They are called to have fellowship with God and with each other in what is called the church, which has now been fully revealed in Christ Jesus. He urges everyone to walk worthy of their calling as members of the body of Christ the church. Another minor purpose of Ephesians is to encourage the recipients not to lose heart. No doubt Paul's imprisonment discouraged many believers. However, he tells them not to feel sorry for him or be discouraged by what has happened because God has especially chosen to bless him during his time in prison by revealing to him the mystery of the church which he has now had the privilege of explaining to them in this letter. So in summary, Paul here writes to the Ephesians to enlighten them concerning their calling to be the church, the body of Christ to urge them to walk in a life worthy of that calling and to encourage them never to lose heart. Believers still should always remember this and walk worthy of our high calling by God into the body of Christ. <laughs>